And that just makes me feel good because I, I I know she would have liked that. My mom would always tell me, that just hug yourself, Rupa, and give yourself ice cream. I mean, up until like in my 30s, she would say that. So I, I just feel like, you know, when I think of her, I definitely give that energy in the home in a better way, I think. Hey, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Entering Motherhood, a podcast dedicated specifically to new moms going through this amazing journey in life. I'm your host, Sarah Bilger, a postpartum nutritional coach slash mechanical engineer. And as always, I'm so excited to be here with you and share all the information I've been lucky enough to obtain since becoming a mom. In this episode, we talk with Rupa Mehta, the author of Someone Calls Me Mommy, about her journey of motherhood, and we really just get a glimpse into who she is. I don't know how you feel, but I feel like these episodes just keep getting better and better. I am having so much fun meeting so many moms doing so many amazing things, and I'm so happy and excited that you are here along this journey with me. This episode specifically, like I said, we speak with Rupa, and she is just so much fun to talk to. And we start off chatting about her move from New York to Pennsylvania and just really what that was like going from a small apartment into a big house with lots of room to roam around. She also expresses how the loss of her mom was a big transition in her life while she was first entering motherhood. We talk about how her daughter was born via emergency C-section and how she felt because she was someone that has always done fitness that she was going to be able to have the ability to bounce back you know not the way of being skinny and things like that but just physically be able to be comfortable in her own skin but what she found was that she was emotionally there but physically drained so with her second she really made it a priority to be present through the pregnancy birth and now into postpartum and we also just break down how the process and the creation of her book was started and how she sees her mom and her daughter and that was a huge part of why she started writing this book and all of the poems that are in there and we even read one of them from the collection she's just amazing i hope you enjoy this episode So pop in those headphones, turn up the volume, and let's get this episode started. Hello, and welcome to Entering Motherhood. Glad to have you here today. And how about we get the episode started by you introducing yourself for our listeners. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, My name is Rupa Mehta, and... Who am I? I'm a, I guess I'm a mom first and foremost. Uh, formerly, I, I started a fitness business in New York City and run an educational nonprofit where we dig deeper into the child's perspective in this kind of interesting world of education and wellness and try to bridge the gap between emotional and physical workouts. And recently, when I became a mom, I felt inspired to kind of apply the, the learnings I've had in education, in wellness, uh, through a new book I've written called Someone Calls Me Mommy. Awesome. 
Awesome. So, and then we were just chatting before we started recording and you are in Pennsylvania now, which is where I'm originally from. So what was that move like? Oh, wow. So from New York City to Pennsylvania, I feel like, you know, it's more that we went from renting a two bedroom to owning a house, which I feel like is its own thing. You know, I used to look at homes and be like, I just love the kitchen, the windows. And now when I check out people's houses, I'm like, how's your water? How's your septic? You know, just <laughs> the, the my perspective on house maintenance has definitely changed. You know, I went from calling the super to, you know, bats in the attic, ants, whatever. I mean, ants are no big deal, but you know, just everything. And it's all on you. But we live in this beautiful area. Absolutely love it here. And it's just, it's been great for kind of a creative escape. And also it's just nice to see my daughter just run around. Yeah, I think that has been one of the best things of us owning a house, like to have the space for our kids. Like we too went from a small apartment to a house all when our daughter was about six months. So <laughs> just kind of making that transition and being able to like see that space for them is totally is fun. It's funny, we were in New York City on like a little vacation and someone asked her, you know, what do you do in Pennsylvania? And I think she was two at the time. She's like, I pick worms. That's what I do in Pennsylvania. And I was like, this was like a dream answer for my husband who really wanted us to get out of the city. And so it was just funny. Like that's her defining moment. So was she born in New York? She was actually born in D.C. I had moved out of New York to be close to my mom who was very ill to have the baby. And then I moved back to New York City and then to Pennsylvania about a year later. So what was that all like when you were first entering motherhood? Then you moved right into D.C. How far along were you? What was that all looking like? Oh, gosh. Um, it was it was a hard entrance into motherhood. I, I mean, I always wanted to be a mom. I weirdly did these like little videotapes and audio tapes when I was younger, like a journal. And I would make them to my kids in the future. I'm in high school now. When you're in high school, you could do this. And I, so I always wanted to be a mom. And I always envisioned my mom being there while I was going to be a mom. And so around, I was about eight months pregnant. And my mom, her, she had had breast cancer. And it had metastasized really rapidly towards the end there. So she had to have brain surgery. And I moved to Virginia to be with her uh, eight months pregnant. And so that was challenging, just, you know, changing doctors and, you know, you, you do your birth plan and then it starts to really go out the window. And then she really lost kind of her primary functioning. And so I had this vision of her being there while I gave birth and it was just a very stressful time, family stress and everything. And so I, I, I don't feel I was very present for my daughter's delivery. I had this idea of skin to skin and, you know, trying to do do things as naturally as possible. And it was, you know, emergency C-section. And I was, I was just very disconnected from the experience. And so it was really hard. And I just felt I had become the top female in the family overnight. And I was really looking for kind of that older female energy. 
So it was difficult, but my daughter was amazing. And ultimately we both had our health and it was, you know, had it all in perspective, but the heart was aching uh, terribly because it all kind of coincided at the same time. Losing a mom while becoming a mom, same year was too much. (laughs) Yeah. It's such a crazy situation to kind of be in and like also being someone that has lost their mom and then becoming a mom. But in my situation, obviously it was, I had lost her so long ago and then knowing that she wasn't going to be there even through my whole pregnancy journey, you know, makes it a little bit different, but it's a very odd feeling. And I feel like when you have that vision that they are going to be there and then seeing that progress. Um, I feel exactly. like exactly no, and 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 it's you know whether you've lost your mom earlier on in your life or later. I think like sometimes I think you know how the movies say like you always think the water's gonna break and then the baby's gonna come. I feel like you know we've been built to kind of think like your mom's gonna be there and there's a grandma and there's someone who's like taking care of the baby and like you know I see it with a lot of my friends or strangers and so you know it feels like it's just gonna happen you know, when you're younger. So it kind of hits you all in the face. But in, in, in some beautiful, magical ways, they still show up and still guide you. Yeah, I feel like my mom's presence is in my life more than ever before. Maybe she's physically not here, but her voice is very loud and strong when I'm parenting. That is for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I And I think For me, too, it's like hearing stories about what she was like as a mother early on. I think that really helps. And just like hearing how she may have like interacted with us, I can kind of feel that presence even more. Like there was a moment that I guess she had told the story or somehow like I have written down a story of her when we were young of her kind of like running and chasing my brother because he was like getting away when we were all out somewhere or something. And I had that like same sort of moment with my daughter at one point, you know, she was like taking off and running away. And so like, I had this moment of like, wow, like, is this how she was feeling when it happened? Or like, I know specifically my older sister and my cousin locked her out of our house one time. (laughs) And we were like all in the kitchen. My my cousins used to like come over and have a play date and everything. My mom would watch all of us. And, you know, I was so young. I think they just like gave me some candy and I was content. But they were like laughing at my mom and like, haha, like we locked you out. And I think she had to climb through a window. And so like now, like if I go out to go get the mail or something and my daughter's inside, I'm like, don't lock me out. <laughs> like I'm like imagining like what that could have been like. And like even just, you know, in the car, you're afraid like, oh, my gosh, like what if I lock them in the car? Like all those like panic moments of, you know, like what was this like for them and, you know, we can't ask them, but we can kind of feel their presence in those moments. So have you had any kind of, I guess, moments like that or kind of like wondering, like, I wonder how she would have handled this or like, you know, you're, you're wishing for advice. Yes. I I think one of the biggest things was really honestly this transition to Pennsylvania. Like I, 
I've reflected on my mom a lot and, and through her parenting. So she moved to this country from India, you know, years ago, 40 plus years ago. I mean, she was in her twenties when she moved here and she just didn't have her like local Indian grocery store and the taste and the language. And she just was committed to like, staying here she felt america was the best land of opportunity and freedom and she wanted she wanted that and she she was so strong and pushed through it and here i am just kind of going through my own struggle from new york english speaking to pennsylvania english speaking but um i feel that her energy caused me to stick through it more and thinking of how she was a parent that whole time she had had my brother and how she must have navigated that and really kind of compartmentalized and put things in a perspective and was committed to her long-term goal. And I feel that my mom's presence and thank goodness she was an inspirational mom, you know, has caused me to handle things maturely and make sure I, I can see the larger, bigger picture here. So when I find, you know, thousands of bats in the attic, I'm not like, let's move back to New York City tomorrow. <laughs> I'm really thinking of her. And one thing about my mom that I always really looked up to is I would have taken my mom in any form, you know, as a grandma, as a mom, as a friend, as a sister. She just, she was cool in all realms. She just really had a great personality and vibrant and buoyant. And sometimes when I feel like I could lose my patience or maybe commit to a schedule with my daughter, like napping or something, you know, that feels rigid, I feel I'm like, you know, let me try to be like a grandma right now, energetically to my daughter and kind of what would my mom do and everything ends up a little bit softer, a little bit more balanced. And that just makes me feel good because I, I, I know she would have liked that. My mom would always tell me that just hug yourself, Rupa, and give yourself ice cream. I mean, up until like in my 30s, she would say that. So I, I just feel like, you know, when I think of her, I definitely give that energy in the home in a better way, I think. Yeah. How long after your daughter was born did she pass? My daughter was born uh, in March and she passed away in February the following year. But she had really lost kind of the ability to really be here and function maybe 10 days before my daughter was born. It was a stark difference. I guess just, I mean, like, obviously that impacted your postpartum period. Yeah. But other than that, like, what was it like when you were initially entering motherhood? And how has, you know, first that transition into motherhood, what was that like? And then now with your second, where is it different? How are you feeling? What have you learned? Goodness, these these two pregnancies have felt so totally different. I feel like first is probably always different than the second. And then like the circumstances, you know, like I mentioned before with my first, I didn't feel I was present. And then, you know, dealing with the loss of my mom as someone who was, has done fitness for a living, I always thought I would kind of bounce back into shape, not necessarily skinny and like, but just feeling like in my body. And I think I just built up a physical armor around me as of protection. So I feel I channeled all my energy into be, being emotionally there for my daughter, but I was physically, I just kind of just put on weight and put on like a shell around me. You know, I, I don't think I was attached to life in the ways that I used to be. 
And so going into this pregnancy, I really just wanted to feel present. And so now I'm six weeks postpartum and I'm like working out. I feel my, I mean, working out in the sense, like I'm stretching a little bit and I just feel in my body. I'm not doing anything grand, but I was able to physically and emotionally be there when my son was born. I was aware of what was happening. I wasn't feeling a sense of loss in the rug being pulled out underneath me. And so it's been very different. And I think entering motherhood in general, it has been just a slowly letting go of control. (laughs) This is how I would maybe in one sentence capture entering motherhood, just a complete surrender to whatever is going to happen, whether it's the labor, uh, the delivery, you know, the personality of the child, the dynamic at home, you know, just kind of being able to be adaptable and go with the flow. I'm breastfeeding and I feel, I always joke with my husband, I'm just on like Caribbean time. Like, you know, (laughs) I can, I can say like, I want to have dinner at six, but that's just like in theory and just an idea. It's a hypothetical. No, no one needs to commit to this. (laughs) And you said that you ended up with an emergency C-section with your first? Yeah, emergency C-section with my first and with my son, I went to, I think, nine centimeters dilated with no epidural and then a c-section again and I guess with both pregnancies now looking back I realize I mean not I realize the doctors not not I realized that my pelvis was too small and I had a half both babies wouldn't have come through but I think after my first one I I really didn't know that I hadn't internalized that I felt that because I was so depleted energetically And because I was just in a different headspace that I somehow didn't have the stamina to kind of push through. So I had beat myself up a little bit. I was like, if I had just a little bit more in the tank, maybe I could have pushed more. But it was it was a 36 hour labor. It was like a whole thing. But um, and so now that the kind of the repeat happened with my second, but in a different way, I I feel this was a very healing labor and delivery. Uh, and I feel very lucky to have had that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, going for that VBAC and at least trying, I feel like is something that, like you said, is healing, you know, like knowing that, you know, you did things differently and ultimately it was still the same. Like, you know, like it's not you that could have prevented the scenario. So I think that's definitely something to really honor and be proud of. Very much so. I mean, I I joke with my husband. My husband's like, you were like on another planet. I was like high on life during this VBAC. I just, I think it was just so different than the first delivery. And, you know, I ended up, they ended up cutting like a blood vessel. I had to have a blood transfusion. I had a bladder infection. I had I had an allergic hive thing all all in the hospital. I had to be there for five days, but I was in the best mood because I was like, I was present. I'm here. I tried. And it almost just made everything else feel better. I feel like had that happened to me in any other circumstance, I would have been like, this is not fun at all, bladder, blood transfusion. But it all felt like, you know, this is all the effort I I felt that I couldn't tap into. I gave it my all on this one. Yeah. 
That's amazing. I think that's like really the best we can ask for. And I think just like, you know, knowing that like you put your best foot forward. And I think that's like a message to really live through in motherhood, you know, like with everything, like we're doing the best that we can at the moment. And I think that's such an important message to really remember and and keep with us as we're as we're going through anything because you know even with breastfeeding and everything you know like you can only do the best you can and that's all we can really I think strive for because we can't do the comparison game and and we can't you know beat ourselves up for the things that didn't happen should have happened would have happened everything like that and exactly I mean yeah even in writing the, I feel like the the process of thinking about and writing a birth plan and going through that has just been reflective of the whole journey of motherhood. Because the second one, I just wanted to be present. And I think that's just like my goal now. It, whatever happens, it happens. But having that be the goal just kind of takes the edge off or the pressure off. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that reminded me of the one passage in the book that I really liked, the the tale of the other mother. <laughs> I liked that one a lot. I don't know if you if you want to read it. I could read the child's perspective if you want. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That's what that's that's my favorite poem I think in the book. Oh. <laughs> so I'm happy you picked that one. Cuz it's you know, it's it's I think looking at the same topics of early motherhood through the child's perspective and then through the mother's perspective just makes things lighter and just you you know you can kind of giggle at yourself a little bit yeah because they're seeing well and like it's crazy because like I mean obviously we don't know exactly like what they're thinking but like they are seeing it in such a different way because you are their whole life like this is all they know and you know they're not they're not wanting anything else or anyone else. <laughs> exactly. And and I think, you know, you can get caught up in your own head and thinking that like you're, you need to bear the brunt of two people, but you know, they have fresh eyeballs and they're just observing and taking things in as they, as they will. Yeah. But yeah, if you want to read another mommy. Okay. <laughs> this is from my child's perspective another mommy another mommy how dare you even ask another mommy wasn't hired for this task another mommy could be a hack another mommy may not have my back another mommy wasn't in our womb another mommy no thank you i love that (laughs) and i'll read the tale of the other mother The other mother doesn't get upset. The other mother doesn't skip a beat. The other mother has a perfect marriage. The other mother has time to eat. The other mother reaches her goals. The other mother cooks from scratch. The other mother is an idol. The other mother dresses with tech. The other mother has great legs. The other mother knows everything. The other mother doesn't worry. The other mother isn't me with a beautiful little drawing there too, right on the page. It, it, yeah, this, this, this was just so fun to do. You know, I, I really didn't know 
how the healing process would be after losing my mom. I wouldn't have thought that the healing process would come through writing a book and having that cathartic Mm. creative experience. But it was in writing this book that I feel I could get to the other side of that loss. And, And so I just had a lot of fun doing the illustrations and channeling my daughter's voice in quotes, you know, was very easy because my daughter reminds me so much of my mom. And so it really felt in writing this poetry, like that I was almost hanging out in like a little tribal circle with my mom, my daughter and me and like talking and spending time together. And I know that wasn't actually happening, but in my head, that's, that's what it felt like. And and so it was really cathartic to write. So you said she passed in February of 2020. Mm Mm-hmm. When did you start the idea of the book and what was that process like? Uh, It happened last June, July. I was with my daughter and she was um, in the phase where she was obsessed with her rain boots, which I'm sure has happened to you too. (laughs) Rain boots all day, every day. And we were jumping around in puddles and it was, you know, time for her to take a nap and us to stop doing the puddle jumping. And she just looked at me the way my mom would look at me and said, mommy, I don't want to take a nappy. My rain boots are happy. And it was just the way she delivered it, the it rhyming. It just, I honestly, I really felt like I was talking to my mom. My mom was the queen of sassy, simple one-liners. I'll give an example. If I called my mom and I was in New York and I don't know, let's say I was just talking about some quintessential New York City moment. She's like, Rupa, just be like Walgreens and hang out on the corner of happy and healthy. <laughs> she, just, she just had these like beautiful, funny lines. I don't know if it's because English was her second language and she just picked up. It. I, don't, I don't know, but she, she was the best at it. And my daughter has this similar quality. And so that... That night I went home and started writing poetry, starting with napping, like napping from my daughter's perspective and napping from my perspective. And then, you know, I just turned to my husband and I said, I just want to do this every night. I love this. And so then I started thinking about breastfeeding from her perspective, my perspective, ordering from Amazon (laughs) from her perspective and my perspective, all all the things. And, And then... Before I knew it, I had 100 poems and 50, uh, circling around 50 subjects. And I I wanted to illustrate them. And I had this vision of illustrating them, but I didn't feel super confident. I mean, I've done poetry books and stuff for my nonprofit, but I've I've hired illustrators and I've always done it as a hobby since I was young. Um, And my husband was like, why don't you just do it? We have the time and the space in, in, in Pennsylvania to do this. Like, and so I just kind of locked myself in a room and, and did the first couple and, and then they just kind of flew out of me. And the book was done and I always knew it was going to be called Someone Calls Me Mommy because I don't know if it was from the loss of my mom. Maybe it's, it, I think this probably happens independent of that. Just the idea that someone is calling you mommy, that you're the legal guardian, that you're the responsible caretaker, just always took me by surprise that you know, someone's calling me mommy now. And it felt like a universal feeling that could happen for, for mothers everywhere. Um, and then so J- July, I finished the book and here we are. It kind of, everything moved kind of fast. Yeah. Well, I mean, I absolutely love it when I got it and just, I mean, the, 
I don't even know the the whole presentation of it. I think is just like the the rainbow colors and the the little hands on the back. I think it's just it's beautiful and just reading through them. Like I've been reading through it, just getting my morning coffee and kind of sitting up before the baby gets up. So like after my daughter leaves to go to daycare and I have a little bit of extra time to just sit with some coffee by myself, I've been like reading through the pages and it just really helps like flashback to those little moments that they've all happened like now having you know and a toddler and then with the baby I can see almost all of the scenarios panning out but even for somebody who's just entering motherhood to have something to kind of reference and see those perspectives because we're all feeling those emotions and we're all going through these little itty bitty moments of our life And to really be able to say, like, you know, our baby's experiencing this too and, like, someone is calling us mommy and and it's just – it's a really – it's a really, you know, amazing idea and and book and, you know, I think it's it's awesome what you've done. Thank you so much. I I, – it truly was a labor of of love and I think the one thing I've been really – I don't know if surprised the right word, but – I can't believe how universal the book has been for moms of totally different ages. I've had a lot of grandmothers tell me, this feels like yesterday when I was doing this and potty training. And, you know, I think independent of where you are in the motherhood journey, like you're saying, whether you're just entering motherhood or you're seeing your kids enter motherhood, that it is these moments are so visceral and in our bodies that, that tapping into them through poetry uh, feels like a nice closing of the loop on that for some of my grandmothers. Yeah. So what's kind of the next step? Like, you know, where where are you at now? Like, like I say, you have a, a newborn and your toddler and you guys are living in Pennsylvania. Like what what's next? Well, I think that this is the first time I feel like everything's settled, you know, I, I, I understand looking back on the, the last five years of pregnancy and mom being sick and stuff like, so I'm just going to hang out in this pocket of feeling settled because, you know, as life will have it, I'm sure it will be unsettled before I know it. So I'm just in this little bubble right now. And then as far as the book goes, I just want to share it with as many moms as possible. It's been exciting because we've been in the initial um, steps of conversations with people who want to take like the drawing or the poetry and apply it to apparel or, you know, diaper bags and clothing and things of that nature. So just seeing how this book can manifest in different directions. And I'm still writing poetry. I've already started the second version of it. Someone calls me mama because she went from mommy to mama. And that that's just very fun for me. And so we'll see when that feels complete and stuff. But I just want to kind of follow this creative journey of this process of looking at at things from both our perspectives. I think it's very healing and smart for me to do with my daughter at this point. And I just, I'm going to continue it. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. <laughs> Where can we reach you, get in contact with you? Where can we get the book, everything like that? 
So you can order the book on someonecallsmemommy.com. And I just started Instagram. I'm new to the Instagram world. I'm at Rupa underscore mommy. And I just use that as a, as a way to kind of stay connected and continue drawing and sharing poetry from different perspectives. Awesome. Well, I will make sure to list all of that in the show notes and include, you know, like where you can find you and 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 get the book and link that in and everything. Is there any, you know, final thing that you would like to say to a new mom or or something that you wish you would have known or something that we didn't cover? No, I just I I just so appreciate you having me on and being able to share my story and I would say for anyone entering motherhood that just remember someone else is also entering lifehood and that 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 perspective is there and you can tap into it if you give yourself just a couple seconds and it could make your entrance into motherhood a little bit easier. I love that. (laughs) Well, this has been so much fun and thank you so much for coming on. And like you said, you know, sharing your story, talking about your book and everything that's going on with you. Thank you. This was so fun. I I was listening to your podcast and I was like, I can't wait to talk to her because you just have um you have a cadence and a and an energy that's just very calming. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, this is going to be easy and fun, and I I feel comfortable. So thank Aww, you. Good. I love hearing that. <laughs> very much so. Well, this wraps up another episode of the Entering Motherhood podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review us wherever you are listening because that helps the show grow and expand so that other mamas can learn information on how to heal and navigate in motherhood. And speaking about healing, I just wanted to let you all know that September will be the last month that we are offering our Heal Your Trauma Mama workshop for free. This workshop is a time that you can focus on becoming more aware of yourself and the strength that you have in motherhood. It really gives you an opportunity to allow yourself to look deeper and heal so that you can be more present and look at motherhood in a whole new way. We break down different methods that you can utilize that will help you get started with healing from any trauma that might currently be present in your life associated with motherhood, birth, and everything that comes with the transition of entering motherhood. So if this is something that you're interested in, please look out for that and follow the link in the show notes to become a part of this amazing series before we wrap it up and create something entirely new and revamped to help serve moms who may be experiencing some trauma. Thank you so much for listening. It means so much to me. And be sure to subscribe so that you can listen to the latest episodes of the Entering Motherhood podcast. See you later, mamas.